Welcome to the new Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Tamika Perry and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now, here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Tamika Perry. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Docs in a Pod. Delighted to have you with us. We come to you every week with a discussion of a variety of health and medical issues that affect people of almost any age, focusing especially on those who are Medicare eligible 65 and over, but we don't leave the young ones out either. Today, we take up a fascinating topic, and we're going to deal with it with our co-host and our special guest. Our co-host is Dr. Tamika Perry. Dr. Perry's medical degree is from the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She served her residency at Methodist Charlton Medical Center in Dallas, where she was chief resident. She is family medicine and osteopathic manipulative medicine certified. She's also associate medical director at WellMed Medical Management. She enjoys traveling and is proud to tell you, if you just ask, she graduated from Prairie View A&M undergraduate school. And uh, Dr. Perry, glad to have you on again. Go Panthers. Thank you so much. I am even, I am so excited about today's guest because people are scared of certain screenings, but they're so essential. Dr. Newton's going to tell us about it. And those topics we'll bring up as we introduce our special guest, Dr. Haley Newton. Dr. Newton, also a doctor of osteopathy with USMD in Las Colinas. She graduated earning her medical degree from the University of North Texas Health Science Center in Fort Worth, completed her residency at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center at Dallas. Dr. Noon is board certified in family medicine. And if you ask her, she will tell you she loves sports. Texas Rangers fan is a diehard dealing with the losses Cowboys fan and uh, loves the Mavericks. So uh, I was teasing her because living here in San Antonio, where we are now all Wemby fans. The Spurs, if you don't know, won the lottery. They got to select the 19-year-old French phenom. At uh, His height varies from anywhere from 7'2 to 7'5. Whatever <laughs> it is, at 5'4, that's me. He's a lot <laughs> taller. And so, Dr. Newton, glad to have you on board. Talking about the five medical screenings you should stop putting off. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, definitely want to address a lot of these screenings. We um, People need to be getting them. We don't want to be putting them off. And sometimes it's easy to forget them. So that's what going to the doctor's office is, is oftentimes a check-in point on, hey, we haven't seen that you've done these things. Just as a reminder, let's get these ordered. Let's get these things scheduled. Yeah, like a friend of mine used to tell me, denial is not a river in Egypt. <laughs> right? Very true. Denial very true. is yep. put it off, put it off, put it off. I don't need it. Let's start with the uh, a list that you gave me. Uh, targeting primarily women, but it's something male folks ought to think about to encourage uh, their spouses, their significant others, maybe their daughters and granddaughters, and that's mammograms. The decision over when to get it, when not to get it, uh, and, and the guidelines keep changing. So talk to me, uh, Dr. Newton, about mammograms. 
Yeah. So currently we still use kind of the recommendation that everybody should start getting mammograms at around age 40. Um, that's a good time to get it. Now you, based on your family history or um, anything like that, you may need to be getting them a little bit sooner, um, but that's a decision you and your doctor can make together. Generally speaking, we start them at age 40. There are different organizations that some say every year, every two years. Um, most insurances still cover them every year, and it is a wonderful screening tool. I definitely have seen patients have changes between one year and the next. So I do personally try to recommend my patients to try to get them yearly. And we hear, and men, of course, don't get mammograms, but we hear that they're painful. So I will tell you, um, as somebody who turned 40 this year as well, it is not the end of the world. Um, it is one of those things. It's something you need to do for your health. They have wonderful technicians that will walk you through everything. If something is uncomfortable, they're going to try to help you get in a different position and everything else like that. It literally, from door to getting out of there, sometimes can be under 15 minutes. And so, they even have mobile units that will do mammograms in a lot of neighborhoods. Absolutely. So they do try to make it convenient. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So they will do a lot more screenings. You'll see a lot more things out in the community, typically around that time. A lot of times it'll be throughout the year, but especially in October, we do see a lot more um, community events, community engagement, all of those kind of things. So if you're also putting it off or have any other concerns, those are great times where it's a lot more accessible as well. For those of you who may have just joined us, I want to let you know you're listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry, and our special guest today, Dr. Haley Newton. She's a DO doctor of osteopathy at USMD in Las Colinas, hanging out in Irving, Texas. And Dr. Newton, for those who don't know, what is it the mammogram can show? So mammograms can oftentimes show small irregularities that we would not be able to feel in the office. So what they can do is help us diagnose breast cancers early, earlier than I could feel them here in the office, earlier than you might be able to notice them at home and everything as well. So they can pick up on these little changes and sometimes they may not say exactly, hey, this is cancer that first time. It's, hey, this looks different. We should investigate this more. Maybe we need to do an ultrasound. Maybe we need to repeat in three months or six months instead of waiting an entire year. So it can just pick up on these little things to make sure, is this a cyst that could be completely non-cancerous or benign? Or is this something that we need to keep an eye on? Or is this something that we might even need to biopsy and see what's going on there? And Dr. Perry, for your patients, uh, do you recommend both self-exam and mammograms? Absolutely. Because, you know, you know, patients like to say quite often, you know, I know my body better than you do. You're right. You've been with it in your entire life. So we want you to do those exams. Um, so you can tell us, tell Dr. Newton and I, if there's something going on, you know, patients like Dr. Newton said, will say, you know, it, it hurts. It's uncomfortable. You know what? Cancer hurts. It hurts. And the earlier we find out, the better our long-term prognosis, the bet, the easier we can get in there. The most common type of breast cancer in this country actually has a low recurrence rate and a high cure rate, but we got to know early. We got to know early. And Dr. Newton, uh, you mentioned that uh, the baseline generally is age 40, could be sooner. Uh, how much does family history play into the decision about when to get a mammogram? 
So for patients who may have higher risk factors for genetic breast cancers, maybe their mom, their sister, multiple aunts, grandmas, so kind of that circle around you, those really close relatives, if you've had a high incidence of those things, you definitely want to talk to your doctor. You might need to be getting screened earlier. You might need to be going for some genetic testing that we can help facilitate you getting evaluated for. Those are definitely conversations to have with your doctor so that we can make sure that we're screening you early and screening you correctly. And have you had patients where they picked up an early sign of a, a possible cancer on a mammogram and it turned out to be cancer and you were able to act very quickly? Yes. So I do see a lot of patients who have normal mammograms, but when we have patients that have an abnormal mammogram, those next steps happen pretty quickly, typically. Hey, do we need additional imaging? Hey, do we need a biopsy? Let's get that biopsy. Let's get what the pathology is, and we're going to get you into the right doctor to see what those next steps should be. Some patients might need surgery. Some might just need chemo. Some might need radiation. It's going to be tailored to you and what your needs are and what you want us to do as well. So, but the biggest thing, like Dr. Perry said, is we need to find it. We need to find it early so that we can treat it the best way we can quickly. And if you have a question, talk to your PCP to get it going. Absolutely. Next on the list and uh, is colon cancer screening. I had a very good friend who was a retired police chief working in San Antonio at the uh, Area Agency on Aging. Uh, Jerry Smith was his name, uh, who died of colon cancer. Uh, who had waited and waited and waited to get a screening. He knew he had some issues, but he put it off, put it off. It's the old denial is not a river in Egypt. Denial in this case can kill you, and it did. A lot of people are queasy about uh, colon cancer screenings, uh, but it can absolutely save your life. Absolutely. And now you can talk to your doctor too about what type of screening might be best for you. Um, not everybody may be comfortable with a colonoscopy right off the bat. Some people definitely need that. That is a conversation to have with your doctor. And so we can walk through, hey, these are the different types. This is what I think would be good for you. And what are you comfortable with? Because I can order colonoscopies all day long. If you're never going to do it, that's not the right screening for you. We need to figure out what is. Because again, this is one of those cancers that could be caught early, can be very well treated and everything. But if we pick it up by the time it's causing symptoms, by the time you're noticing other problems, um, it, it's usually pretty big, unfortunately. So it's a slow growing cancer for a lot of people. You mentioned symptoms, Dr. Perry. You can have colon cancer for a long time and not yep. know it. Is that right? That is absolutely correct. And like Dr. Newton alluded to, by the time you start to have, you know, a bleeding in the stool, abdominal pain, constipation, we may be behind the eight ball. Recently, the recommendations have changed from screening started at 50 and it's been lowered to 45. And so, I mean, I can give the example of, you know, the Black Panther who recently, the, care, the, the gentleman who played the Black right. Panther, very young, 30-year-old, great shape, died of colon cancer. So right. it is extremely important that we adhere to the recommendations for this screening. Now, who is at most risk, Dr. Newton, for colon cancer? Is it, uh, is it uh, uh, ethnic? Is it male, female? You know, I think it's pretty well across all boards. Like, I don't see a lot of more male versus female or anything else like that in my practice. Um, but I screen for everybody. Like Dr. Perry said, 45 is the new age. And so I am seeing, and that's a pretty recent recommendation. So I am seeing some patients where that wasn't the recommendation last time I saw them a year or two ago, and it is now. And so we need to get on top of those things. So I have several patients where, hey, I thought it was 
50 and I'm not there yet. I'm like, nope, well, I haven't seen you in two years. This is a recommendation now. Let's get it taken care of. Let's go ahead and do these things so we can make sure we're taking good care of you. It's really interesting that there's a lot of squeamishness about the procedure itself. Uh, really, the only tough part is the prep. That is, that is oh, go ahead. That is the only tough part. I I am um, a slightly older than Dr. Newton, had been closer to 50 than she is. So I've had my screening and I tell people all the time, you know, the prep is the thing that it, just make sure you know where every bathroom is on the route if you're going somewhere after you've, you've taken the prep, but you don't remember the procedure at all. So the procedure, you don't remember anything, you don't feel anything afterwards. It's, it is virtually painless. And so that's get a, it done if you yeah. haven't. Yes. And then how often should you repeat it if uh, it comes out clear, it shows that everything is fine? So it just depends on what the results are. So if it's a completely normal colonoscopy, you may not need one for 10 years. Sometimes they may find a few little polyps, little precancerous. I kind of equate them to almost like skin tags in the intestine. Most of the time they take those guys out. You may need to have it again in five years. It just depends on what they find, um, but they will make sure that they're screening you appropriately. We're going to pick up with bone density screening in just a moment. For those of you who are just listening and just joined us, you're listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry, is with us, along with our very special guest, Dr. Haley Newton, who is with USMD, and you find her at the Las Colinas Clinic in Irving, Texas. This is Docs in a Pod. Hi, it's Drew Pearson for my friends at WellMed. As a Hall of Famer, I love it when a quarterback and receiver have a great connection. You can be part of a great connection too. Connecting WellMed's high-quality healthcare with the highest-rated Medicare Advantage plan helps you focus on staying healthy. Call 210-436-6005 or visit wellmedhealthcare.com slash connect. Drew Pearson is a paid spokesperson. Other plans are accepted. For full enrollment details, visit medicare.gov. This is really interesting stuff. We're talking today about the five screenings that health screenings that folks ought to think about. And we have dealt with uh, the question of mammograms and colon cancer screening. We're going to pick up bone density screenings. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry, and our special guest today, Dr. Haley Newton. You find her at the USMD Clinic in Las Colinas in Irving, Texas. And so, Dr. Newton, tell me about bone density screenings. What does that mean? So it is a non-invasive imaging study that can look at how strong your bones are. So it's a good indicator to see if you maybe have thinning of the bones, which would be called osteopenia, or if you have a pretty significant amount of thinning of the bones, which would be osteoporosis. So we may need to talk about if you need some vitamin supplementation or in some cases even doing some medications to help make those bones stronger or to slow down that. And what causes thinning of the bone? Sometimes it just naturally happens as we get older. Um, other times it could be because we took certain medications over many years. So you may have people who need to get it done sooner than later, um, but just because of their medications when they're a little bit younger. Um, other people may just need to be getting it done after they've completed menopause. That's a good time that we start for a lot of women is to get a baseline bone density after menopause. Um, they're at the highest risk for having that thinning of the bones and everything. 
Now, I've mentioned this before, so Dr. Perry knows that I think broccoli is the cure-all for anything that may affect you. And I gobble as much broccoli as I can, thinking that that's going to prevent everything from dementia to thinning bones to whatever. My wife, in fact, accuses me of having broccoli breath. <laughs> Are there foods that will help prevent bone thinning? So there are some vitamins and everything that can help with that. So I do recommend doing a calcium and vitamin D supplement for most women. Also recommend if you're doing a daily multivitamin, take a look at what's actually in that. Daily multivitamins are wonderful, but a lot of them do not have enough calcium and vitamin D in them. And so you may need a secondary supplement to help with that. Another thing that can really help would be weight-bearing exercises, Would which could be lightweights. We're not talking about bodybuilding competitions. Even just going for a walk and bearing your own weight, doing those kind of activities really can strengthen your bones as well. I notice you gently, you both are skirting around my broccoli <laughs> commitment here. <laughs> well, Ron, I noticed you chew a lot of gum, so yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so she's absolutely right. So fresh fruits and vegetables always help everything, right? But we, we like foods that are fortified with vitamin D. We like foods that are rich in calcium. And, you know, people might ask, why is it, so what if my bones are thin? It's not like we're screening for cancer here, right? But what, what, what the, I think the population fails to realize is that if your bones are thin, as a senior, if you fall down and you get a fracture, especially in the big bones like the hip, the outcome is never great. So all the bad stuff that can happen around that and the treatment of that fractured hip can effectively shorten your life. So we just want to prevent the fracture altogether. In fact, I read somewhere that uh, people over 65 who break a hip and go to the hospital, 50% of them never come out alive. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So let's just prevent the break. And when you think about uh, bone density, does that have anything to do with BMI? They're different things. One is looking at like your height versus your weight. So that can kind of give us a good gauge because most of us don't stay the same one weight all the time. It can kind of fluctuate and everything. So it gives us kind of, hey, you're in this healthy range. Um, and like I said, it's a range. So for those of us who fluctuate from time to time. Um, and that can also kind of guide us. Now, that being said, if you are bearing more weight, all of that kind of stuff that can put um can affect how your balance is that could affect how other things are going and you may have more weight on you when you do fall which could cause some fractures would maybe you wouldn't otherwise i mean all that padding doesn't help prevent the break most of the time no, no. I, I mean i definitely see patients and that's the big thing with the bone densities too something very innocuous like a very small fall may cause a fracture in somebody who has very thin bones versus somebody who didn't that was just a bruise or a sprain or something like that so you do want to have nice healthy strong bones so that little falls don't cause these freak uh, fractures as well and our, go ahead dr perry Dr. Newton mentioned weight-bearing training earlier. You know, so the lady who's extremely petite, who doesn't have a lot of muscle mass, her bones aren't very big to begin with. Um, they aren't very robust to begin with, you know. So a girl who has more muscle mass, her bones by default have been weight training, right? So they're, they're a little bit more stout. They're a little thicker. So weight-bearing weight exercise helps our bones become strong. Whether you're a larger girl, smaller girl, a larger man, smaller man, we still want to do weight-bearing exercises to help those bones become as strong as possible. And Dr. Newton, uh, I've been going to a PCP for, for obviously a lot of years, and I've never had one say to me, gee, we need to do a bone density screening. 
Is that becoming something that is recommended? Is it covered by insurance? And how do they do that? So definitely for women, it's pretty much across the board. Men, it's a little bit different story. You are a little bit less risk for these things unless you've had certain chronic medical conditions, been on certain medications for a long period of time. Um, I definitely do have those conversations with my patients. Also, same thing. It may not be every single person, across, every man across the board need one, but you need to have that conversation with your doctor. I have had patients where I was like, hey, you had a fall and I didn't think that that should cause a fracture. So let's go ahead and get a bone density and see what we're dealing with. Or people who don't eat very well and I don't think they're getting enough calcium and vitamin D. Those are things that we may talk about. Hey, for you, I think you may benefit from a bone density test. Um, insurance typically covers these for screenings and everything, but definitely we'll check with your insurance before you get these things done for sure. But it's a conversation to have with your doctor. Where is it done? Most of the time, bone densities are done at imaging facilities. A lot for women, they will do mammograms and bone densities in the same location. So for convenience, you could get both of those imaging studies done at the same time. So ah. you could bust those same thin ones out. Right. And again, ask your PCP. Right. And you mentioned costs. You were asking about costs of bone densities. All of the screening exams, most insurances cover the screening exams at the regular interval. So Dr. Newton and I never want cost to be a reason why you don't get a screening exam. Um, many of these exams have facilities that if cost is a barrier, that they will provide them for you either at a discounted rate or no cost at all. Now we move on. We've covered mammograms, colon cancer screening, bone density screening. And Dr. Newton, this is one. I can't tell you how many people I have talked to over the years who say, you know, I, I'm fine. I never go to the doctor. I you know, I'm fine. If I get sick, I'll go to the doctor. And on your list of five important screenings is your annual wellness screening. Absolutely. And that's why I wanted to include it in my list of screenings, because I think it's one that sometimes people don't stay very committed to, or it's easy to forget that it's, hey, it's been a whole year, but it is a vital piece of the puzzle. It is a great time to talk with your doctor about anything that may be going on. We'll do screening labs to make sure we're not missing anything that maybe isn't causing symptoms right now, but could in the future, or maybe contributing to some of these things that you have been writing off as, this is just me getting older. Well, you know what? Let's do some labs. Let's see what's going on. It's also a great time for us to sit down and remind you about all these other things. Hey, have you had your mammogram yet this year? Let me get that ordered for you. What about your bone density? Your colonoscopy is good. Maybe you don't need to have that for another couple of years, but we're going to put it on there and remind you about those things. And what about vaccines? We'll absolutely talk to you about vaccines that are age appropriate and make sure that you're up to date on all of those things as well, or at least remind you and tell you where to go to get those ones if we can't give them to you in the office that day. I just had my latest COVID booster. Perfect. That's wonderful. That is a good one to stay on top of. As we get older too, shingles is a big one. Uh, that's a yes. two-dose vaccine series. Highly recommend it for patients. Um, if you've known anybody who's had shingles, it's miserable. Pretty much anybody over the age of like 30-ish has had chickenpox probably yes. at some point. So we're all at risk for shingles. So that's a great one that you can get. And pharmacies, Tom Thumb, Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, and your doctor's office carries a lot of these. So you just need to figure out where you need to get them. But that's a big one. Annual flu shots is the other one. And we'll make sure, you know, if we don't have those in the office or if it's not time for those, we'll remind you when to get those and put them on the to-do list for that year. Perfect. And the last one on the list, pap and prostate screenings. Uh, and for the pap screening, uh, Dr. Perry, a lot of folks, uh, women who, you know, think, hey, you know, I'm 70 years old. I don't need this. 
Well, you know, it's, it's kind of dependent, but the general recommendations are is PAPs can kind of taper off at around 65. You know, we're testing for cervical cancer. 70% of cervical cancer comes from a virus called human papillomavirus in which you get through sexual contact. So, you know, after 65, if your paps have been normal and you're with the same partner, they, they can technically from a standpoint, you can slow down on that. Now, if you're most certainly um, symptomatic, we can still do pelvic exams, but they, they are needed. So they are needed for the ladies. And guys, most certainly we need prostate exams. Um, prostate exams or, you know, prostate screening can be done via digital rectal exam or some blood tests and they are age limited too. And Dr. Newton, uh, there is a blood screening you can do for prostate, although I know it gives some positives and, and some negative results, right? Yeah, absolutely. False, false positives, yes. Yes. So I do tell patients, I'm like, I do like to do the blood tests, um, but we walk through all the options with patients and everything. The PSA, which is the prostate-specific antigen, that's your PS, your uh, prostate blood test, it is not a perfect blood test. And that's what I tell people before I ever do labs. That way, I also try to right. prevent any kind of anxiety whenever these labs come back. Hey, there's a range where it's in the normal range. We feel pretty confident. There's kind of what I call a gray area, which is usually around like 4 to 10, where it's a little bit elevated. It can't, does have a hard time sometimes determining, hey, the prostate is big just because BPH, which is a, just a big right. prostate, versus, hey, the prostate is big because of a cancer. So right. that's where I tell people, I'm like, that's just, it's good for us to know so that we can go send you somewhere to a urologist typically to get some additional blood or uh, evaluation to see if there's anything else going on and we can get a better diagnosis so we can find out, hey, is this your baseline? And that's where we're going to keep you and keep checking. Or is there something that we need to be monitoring more closely? Perfect. Got to stop you right there. This is perfect. We covered all five <laughs> health screenings and we sure appreciate you being with us. Uh, Dr. Harry Newton, thank you. Uh, she's at the USMD Las Colinas Clinic to our Co-host, delighted to have this opportunity with you as well. Dr. Tamika Perry, you find her up in Dallas at the Redbird Clinic. I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us today on Docs in a Pod. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Natalie Ibarra. And associate producer is Isaac Wilker. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Tamika Perry and Ron Aaron.